Hey Faith Church, we are releasing podcast interviews with our missionaries prior to their go time weekend so you can catch up with them before you see them at an event or at church. The purpose of our podcast is to meet the missionaries and hear what they're up to. They will also share a few ways that you can be partnering with them in prayer, so I encourage you to take the time to pray for each missionary as soon as their episode ends. Today's episode features our missionaries, Jacob and Becca Hash. They've been a part of the Faith Missions family now for four years and are serving in Poland with Josiah Venture. Their go time weekend is June 18th and 19th, and their short weekend is packed full of events. So be sure to visit faithchurchindy.com slash go time to get all of the details. Here's my conversation with Jacob and Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Hi, Hi Claire. You guys are in Poland. So um, tell us how long have you been there and tell us who you're partnered with and tell us a little bit about yourselves for somebody who might not know you very well. Yeah, so I'm Jacob, and this is Becca. I don't know what I pointed. You can't see us. <laughs> you're just listening. So the other person who has a beautiful voice is Becca. and You're about to we, hear it. Yeah. <laughs> this is going well. This is going to go so well. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't edit out any of this. You guys are, you guys no, of course not. Uh, I hope. Uh, so, yeah, but we're the, the hashes. We've been in Poland for almost four years. September yeah, will be four yeah, years. Just like months shy of four years yep and uh we live in a city called Wrocław which it's kind of like if you said bro but with a v at the beginning and then the shampoo suave Wrocław now I can't oh that's so so helpful yeah yeah right yeah 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 yeah. uh yep um and my grandma's almost there she can almost (laughs) say it so so you know we're we're making progress um yeah and let's see what else about what else about us you guys are partnered with Yes. Yeah. Um, so we are partnered with Josiah Venture. Um, and our organization is actually in 14 different countries in Central and Eastern Europe. Um, and our vision is to see a movement of God among the youth of Central and Eastern Europe that finds its home in the local church and transforms society. Um, and for us, that's really significant because that really lines up with what we're passionate about. Um, we're really passionate about youth and young people and youth ministry. Um, this part of the world, we love Poland and Central Europe, um, and also the local church. Um, we'll talk a, more, that will be a theme through a lot of our time today, but we love the local church. We're really excited to everything we do is in and through the church. Um, we have people on our team who joke that we're not a parachurch organization, but we're a pro-church organization. Super cheesy. Yeah, we all groan inside a little but, bit, but, it's <laughs> but okay. also that's how we do it. That's so true. it's great. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. We, we we believe in local church so much that actually everyone that's on staff with Josiah Venture has both a role on the Josiah Venture team and in their local church because we're all in a church and serving locally. So in our specific case, we're youth leaders in our youth group. Mm-hmm. So we're Friday Friday night youth groups and Wednesday night small groups and game nights and one-on-one meetings we do all that and then on top of that both beck and i have a different role within josiah venture poland so my role is primarily with our training team which means we create discipleship resources and train people to use them and also train our staff to train other people to use them Um, we do all sorts of training events conferences we're creating a website with resources doing a podcast lots of things like that so it's really fun yeah, um, and my role is um, I work on our operations team. 
Um, and my primary focus is doing our new national onboarding um, and helping our new nationals raise support. So right now I have six people that I'm doing coaching with uh, weekly, bi-weekly, um, just to check in with how they're doing in their support raising process, where they're stuck, what needs to be changed, all of that, all that good stuff. Okay. So just for fun, what do you guys like to do in Poland? What have you been spending your extra time, the little that you might have, what are you spending it, the time on? Yeah. Um, so I, well, together we play a lot of board games. We go for walks. We love like just exploring our city. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I also love reading, working on lots of art projects. I always have some kind of embroidery ceramics, felting project happening that's usually very messy in our living room. Um, Jacob, however, has no hobbies and yes. we're working on that. This is true. I'm, uh, I am very boring, especially compared to one that uh, Joey once called the craftiest of all the beasts. That's me. Uh, yes, that yes. would be Becca. She's very, very crafty. Um, I am, I, 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 I am in search of a hobby. So if you, dear Faith Podcast listener, have an idea of a hobby to suggest to me, I would love to hear it because I need help. Yes. Okay, yes. tell us some of the things that you've tried and that just like there was no follow through. And then tell us some of like the requirements for a hobby that someone might suggest. Should it be a hobby you could do by yourself, outside, that's active, inactive? What do you think? That, those are some great questions. Um, I feel like it could be anything though. You know, I feel like it could be anything, but also obviously it can't be because of things. <laughs> um, like I, I tried, uh, to, I joined an ultimate Frisbee team for a couple months, yes, but then yes, did, yeah. I had some knee issues, complained a lot and stopped. Um, there was lots of whining. There was yeah. lots of whining. I tried to create my own board game. Um, didn't, I just, I got, it was just too complicated. So I, so I bailed. Still have the notes somewhere. I could finish that. Um, be fun. Uh, wouldn't be fun. We had a great idea, but uh, I I tried bookbinding and I made it a book. Yes, it's a delightful little book. It is a delightful little book. Gave it to my dad for his birthday. He was pretty pumped. Um, but I don't. Have, we don't really have a huge need for lots of handbound <laughs> notebooks. Medi mediocre <laughs> notebooks. Yes. <laughs> So I, th I think some requirements. One is that it, it needs to be uh, ideally people help me. I, I'm, I, I am an extrovert. I recharge with people. I think that's true. Yes. But it can't. But I think you need something you can do by yourself mm, see, too. See, it's, it's a complicated, nobody knows. And then we enter the black hole of the hobby situation. Right, right. I have done okay. much Google searching. Uh, and I, I really like watching youtube videos about new potential hobbies and then not doing anything about it so if that counts as a hobby then i guess i have one <laughs> and this is why we can't have nice things yes okay <laughs> awesome okay well we're just gonna put that out into the podcast world and faith church world and if anybody has any ideas or maybe like a starter kit that they can supply jacob with of like hey if you want to try this out here are the basic things you need to begin you guys would appreciate it jacob would appreciate it I would love it. Absolutely. I would, love it. I would also love it because then he would quit bothering me while I do my hobbies. <laughs> yes, we're doing well. Thanks. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys for sharing that. That was worthwhile. <laughs> so when we got a chance to kind of ch chat together and prepare for the podcast, um, we spent a lot of time talking about what just 
day-to-day ministry looks like. So you gave us an overview of your roles, which is almost just like a job description. And um, it always is different than what it is on paper, right? You guys really shared about your heart and some challenges and some things that really prompt you to praise the Lord. So let's talk about those. Can you start by sharing what God has been personally teaching you? Um, Share, go ahead and share individually about what you've been learning in your relationship with God. Um, yeah, I can, I can jump into that and start. Um, I have been, this sounds ridiculous. I have been learning a lot about Jesus, um, that over last summer, um, was just started feeling really convicted that I had put Jesus into this like salvation only box. Um, that really my entire experience and relationship with him as a member of the Trinity was in this, in this, yeah, like, yes, he is my salvation and has redeemed me and everything was in past tense. Um, and I realized that there, there was just a lot of growth and learning and connection that needed to happen in that relationship. Um, and so since then have been really just saturated in the gospels, um, and looking at the life of Christ and his ministry, um, and kind of the, the biggest things there's been a lot, like so many things, um, and some things that Jacob will share about also have been really big for me, but, um, two of the biggest ones that I've been learning, um, is just the pace of ministry that Christ had. Um, and there was just a slowness and steadiness to it that has been really encouraging and challenging and convicting for me. Um, and, and even in that, I feel like I have this just renewed and really solid confidence in what I'm saying yes to of, of really, especially in this past season where there has been so much chaos and so many, and so many things that are really good and, um, that we could step into. There's been lots of opportunities, um, but really just seeking the Lord's guidance on that and saying like, okay, what, what am I specifically being called to in this season? Um, and I can say no to really great things in order to say yes to the best things. And so that's been really cool for me to learn and to grow in. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Jacob, what about you? Yeah, well, uh, that was really well said. Um, mm-hmm. I also, yeah, I also have been learning a lot about Jesus. Um, you know, it's a, that's an encouraging thing to say as a missionary, like, oh yeah, Jesus, we, we're learning we, about him. We, we like him. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. He's pretty great. Um, and I, I think what I've been learning a lot about is Jesus as a human um, and the, the fullness of his humanity in, in a certain sense, um, because it's, it's been a hard couple of years. Um, in, in many ways, in many external and internal and big and small things. And that has, that has challenged me and, and pushed me and, and caused me to ask why in a lot of ways. Um, and in that I met Jesus as one who has also experienced this suffering. And, you know, we talk about, well, Jesus is with you, you know, and he, he can help you through it. He's there. And that's not all that helpful unless he really gets it. And so I think this recently there's been this learning of, oh, he really gets it. You know, that he, he's not just some smart religious guy who's got it all put together. He is 
the one who was kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane and crying blood because he was suffering so much and asking, like, Father, please, if this can go, some, like, if this can pass, take it from me. And it didn't. And, and in that moment, he, it, it feels to me like, like he experienced kind of this, the silence of God that we sometimes experience of like, okay, I know, you know, I, I cognitively know that this is good or that God is here and that he will use this for his good. But right now it's just really hard. And I, and I don't know what to do with that. You know, and that Jesus is like, like it says in Hebrews is, He's a, he's a high priest. Let's see, I'm just going to read it. This is Hebrews 4, 414. Since, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Like, I've known that verse for a very long time, and it means a lot more when I really experience Jesus as one who really suffered. Um, and that uh, is something that has then in turn changed me and how I connect with other people and has prompted me to listen a lot more and talk a lot less. I still talk a lot. I'm very talkative, but I, but okay. I listen this a lot is more. A safe space. Yeah. And, and it's also, it's prompted me to uh, experience emotions. Um, those of you who know Becca, you know that it's she prompted you to experience yeah, emotions, yeah, yeah. which I I kind of didn't before. I mean, I thought I did, but I like did enough to say, and you know, Jesus takes care of that, and it's fine. Um, and so, for those of you who know Becca, you will know that she uh, emotions are a language she speaks fluently, and it's been one that I've been learning. Um, and that's that's changed both of us. Um, mm -hmm. It's been really significant. Yeah. yeah. And if you would like to hear more about that, you should uh, come to our lament talk on Saturday afternoon, because we're going to be talking about what we've learned about lamenting and we'd love to pass it on. It's not just going to be talking. It's going to be very practical. You will do some soul searching, some lamenting. You will feel all the feelings. It'll be great. Yes. So bring so. a box of tissues. <laughs> yes. We will provide lots of tissues. Oh, you're, going, you're providing them. Okay. Super. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. So Jesus is relatable. Like he's not just for both of you. He's relatable. He's meeting you in this space and it's a presence. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us how have these journeys um, with God in the last year informed your ministry or transformed, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I have seen and felt in, in my ministry, well, in really in both of us, actually for both of us, um, so much of our ministry is one-on-one -on -one meetings and discipleship. Um, and for sure what we have been learning about Christ and his life and who he is, um, and how he did ministry on earth, um, has given both of us just a, greater capacity to sit and to be with people and to listen, um, especially in this past season of our neighboring country is at war and everything is kind of chaos and up in the air. And a lot of the kids that we are, are involved in our youth ministry and that we're connected to, um, it's really hard. <laughs> like there's, 
yeah, it's really hard. I was in the spring, there's a girl I was talking to who she's one of our graduating seniors and, um, they have like their equivalent of the SATs and we're talking and she's like, Becca, you know, I need to be studying for this test because like that will determine what college I go to. And like, like all that, like we remember like last year of high school, it's very stressful. Um, but she's like, but at the same time, I feel like, like Poland could be at war next week and I could be called into the army and I could be dead before I take this test. And, and so like there, all of those feelings are so real. Um, and I feel like for both of us, but I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like I just have a greater capacity to, to sit in those feelings and to listen and to be a safe space for these kids to process and to process stuff that's really big and really hard and that doesn't make sense and not necessarily solve it. <laughs> we, we always want to solve it, but, but not being able to do that, but just let them be and feel and yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a bit yeah. About you. yeah. I think especially coming, coming into a time of, of like war right after a time of the, the pandemic, yeah, um, yeah. it kind of created this like double whammy effect, if you will, of people feeling really, really alone and no one listening to them, no one being there to really process with them. And then all of a sudden having a lot of things to process mm-hmm. and being not just not having people, but also being really out of practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Going from, with people. Yeah. Yeah. Going, going from a lot of physical and emotional isolation to, I have too many things inside of me and I need to get them out and I don't know how to do it. I don't know who to do it with. And yeah. yeah. And and that's hard as, you know, us mature adults, us 20, 27, 28 year olds, you know, who have got to figure it out in general. But for these 15 to 18 year olds, they, they even hard, it's even harder for them. They don't know how to do it. Not at all. And so you know, the first, the first step is us being there for them and, and processing with them or just giving them space, asking them questions, and then also lead along the way, leading them to do that with Jesus, not just with us yeah, and saying, Hey, actually, this is even more than I can handle and being really real of like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this stuff too. This mm-hmm. is, I, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. but here's what, here's what we can do. Both of us. Cause this is enough. He is enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like meet the Jesus that I've been meeting who is relatable and he is present and he hears and he understands. Totally. If you guys don't mind, would you share an update of how your ministry has been impacted by the Ukrainian and Russian war just next door? And let's talk about how God has equipped you and prepared you to be able to do ministry in this situation, or maybe ways that you felt you feel totally unequipped, but like Jesus will compensate for that and, um, how that all goes together. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is that like everything in our ministry has changed and also nothing has, <laughs> um, that for sure, again, like so much of our ministry is just being with people and discipleship. And so, um, there's now more than ever, there's just a greater urgency for that mm-hmm. and, and greater need, um, and, and yeah, I, it's, it's been hard. Maybe Jacob, you can share more about, especially in our youth group context, like what has been hard and also how we've seen God really provide and support us through this, through this season. Yeah. Like our youth group 
almost doubled in size, uh, kind of overnight and then really fluctuated. And all the people who came spoke a language that was, is really similar to Polish. Like I think, uh, from the outside, Ukrainian and Polish sound really similar. They're both Slavic languages. Um, we do not understand each other, but Poles and Ukrainians, it, it is a very different language. And so all of a sudden we had all these teenagers who were going through a lot and, uh, we couldn't really communicate with them. They, yeah, and had lots of questions and things happening. At the same time, our Polish teenagers also had questions and things happening and we're trying to kind of integrate them and make space. And also we don't know if this is gonna be for two weeks, two months, two years, however long. And so there, there was just lots of questions um, and we didn't know what to do. Um, I, I grew up in Poland, and so uh, my parents have been missionaries here for a really long time. So I grew up speaking Polish. I always spoke the language. The, I, in theory, I understood um, how hard it must be to not be able to communicate with someone um, that has not been an experience that I've often had. Mm -hmm. And so I now have a lot more empathy for Becca and every other missionary who moves <laughs> to a culture and tries to learn language because all of a sudden in our youth room, I couldn't communicate with people and I was having to use Google Translate and it was hard. And I, I couldn't explain the rules of Uno and I love teaching people how to play games. I love Uno and that was hard. And you know, much less have a significant conversation about this trauma that they've gone through. And so that was, that was a crazy thing and we didn't really know what to do. Um, but it's an example of one of the many, many ways in which God provided. Um, so, so all of this happened, you know, at the end of February, beginning of March. And um, starting in November of last year, I had started talking to a college student in our church about potentially joining our youth ministry team as one of like this, like a small group leader, kind of just disciple maker. And she was like, oh, you know, I don't know. And, and, and uh, middle of February, she was like, okay, I'm in, let's do it. And I said, great. And then we still had like a couple things where we missed it. And the first youth group she came to was the one, was the first one that a Ukrainian was at because of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so we started talking and, and she goes, well, hey, do, do we need a translator? I go, yeah, find a translator. She goes, I'm, a, I'm, I'm finishing my master's in Ukrainian right now. I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> what? Why? But also, <laughs> this is why. Like, this is so cool. And so, and she has done so many things, even far beyond our youth ministry. She's been serving people in such incredible ways, but it's also been huge to have someone here who can reach out to people and mm -hmm. can help us integrate and stuff like just, I mean, I actually have goosebumps right now because it, it was, it was such an incredible he thing. He does. I, I can see them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And no, uh, you can see mine too. <laughs> it's, it was so cool. And what was crazy about it is that I didn't recognize until actually like a couple weeks later, I was like, wait, that doesn't just happen. Yeah. Like that's not, that is not just coinky dink. Like that is legit and, and, or not legit. That is God. And that yeah. is him going ahead of us and preparing things. And so yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. I, the, the only other thing that I was going to share with that is that in the fall, we had um, kind of a renewed focus and vision for our leaders, but also for our student leaders mm -hmm. um, to really be doing personal discipleship with other kids in our youth group. And we have, our youth group is middle school through high school. So we have 13 year olds and we have 18 year olds and everything in the middle. Um, and, and I, I can say now with like, 
every single one of our leaders and our student leaders is consistently meeting with at least one other younger student. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even that, like, like that seeing our student leaders equipped and that just multiplying discipleship from them. um, If the spring had happened earlier, like if, if war had started <laughs> earlier, like, like our team wouldn't have been able to really care for our yeah. kids well, but because these other kids were being equipped and being like led in that, that then, yeah, all of a sudden we have all of these middle schoolers who are like, what, what's happening? I have all these feelings. I don't know what to do with them. And we have then high schoolers who can walk alongside them. And then we have young adults who are walking alongside our high schoolers. And it's just like, it's beautiful. It's incredible. And, and again, I totally see God's hand in the timing of that and of saying, like thinking back to our fall planning meetings of, Hey, we really want to make this a priority for, for this year. Um, and now seeing there's so much fruit from that and like, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not even, I mean, you guys didn't have to scramble and figure out a plan and make a plan because it just was working and it was already in the process. And, um, God had orchestrated that. That is amazing. That's so encouraging to hear. I just feel like these are miracles. These are little miracles you guys get to witness. And then also, these are probably little miracles also for the Ukrainian students. Like, you know how much that probably meant to those students who I can't imagine or fathom all of their feelings and things they're processing, but to have somebody at a church who loves Jesus and can talk and listen and understand them is amazing. That probably was just so impactful for them and like kind of a little home piece of home. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Praise God. Wow. Amen. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, um, the practical question of raising support to be able to do what you guys are doing there in Poland. Um, what do you need for your current fundraising goals and um, how can people partner with you? You know, we can partner with you in prayer. We can praise God for these things that he's doing in your life. We can um, hear your, and receive your prayer requests, you know, over the podcast or while you guys are with us. We can also partner with you financially. So what are some of your financial needs at this time? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, our monthly budget is increasing, um, just like very basically, um, our ministry is growing. And so we need more finances to do that. Um, we also are, it is time. We love our apartment, but it's time to move and to have a little bit more, a little bit more space, hopefully, uh, an office space, um, like that kind of thing. Um, and just the reality, like, Poland is in a housing crisis right now. We have a lot of new people and their real estate is very expensive. (laughs) Um, So that's just a part of it. Um, And then also just inflation. Um, Poland is in kind of the last phase of becoming a Western country. Um, And so we, there's a lot of inflation. For example, um, we pay about $8 for a gallon of gas, um, which in compared, like comparatively, um, with because the salary discrete like percentage wise yeah percentage wise that would be the equivalent of in america if you paid 15 dollars for a gallon of gas 
Mm. Um, so that's what it feels like to polls here. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's just the reality that, that yeah. does mean that, that our budget is increasing. Um, we don't, we're still in the process of finalizing it. So, um, we will have exact numbers once we're there in Indianapolis, we would love to share with you, but for right now, we're just, we're aware that that will need to happen. So, okay. Yeah. Thank and, you. It, and, if, and if you want to give and join our team, there's two ways that you can do it that are both really easy. One of them is uh, giving to us through faith. Mm -hmm. And another way is by going to josiahventure.com and searching for hash. Backslash people and places, right. backslash hash. Right. But make sure it's us hash and not Jacob's parents. And and even if it's a picture of us, but it's not Jacob and Becca and it says Dan and hash, they steal our picture all the time. I think it's a bug in the thing. They say it's not their fault. I think they just think we look good and they steal our picture. <laughs> I was a little vain. Huh? <laughs> youthful, you're youthful. Youthful, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but another really key way that people can join in what God is doing uh, in Central and Eastern Europe and specifically through our ministry is by praying. And uh, Josiah Venture has a really, really great tool that is our 24-hour online prayer room. And so this is something that you can go to. It's super easy. You can go to pray.josiahventure.com. There's also an app on iOS and Android, and you can sign up for a 15 or a 30 or a 60-minute guided prayer time with specific requests from missionaries on the field. You can choose a country. You can just random country, let the spirit and the algorithm decide. And it is, it is so cool. And it's also, it can right now, to be completely honest, it's really heartbreaking because there's stories of, especially from our Ukraine team, yeah. the stuff that's yeah. on there is crazy. And it's, what's really cool is you get to praise God for the amazing ways that he has protected people and provided. And you also, it, it's, it's praying for specific kids, you know, uh, it's not like, oh, pray for, I mean, there's like big movement prayers, but there's also like, hey, you know, for, for us, it's pray, pray for, pray for Adrian as he's searching for a new job, you know, like things like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's really, just really practical, tangible, immediate needs yeah. that people have. Mm -hmm. So pray.josiahventure.com is a great place to pray for what's going on. Well, what a neat tool that your team has or that Josiah Venture has. That's really cool. And so yeah. I bet there'd be plenty of people who would love to be able to sign up and pray on the behalf of the people in your ministry and the people that you guys are serving. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, so if someone does want to join your team, whether through committing financial support or prayer support, or just receiving updates, what's something you would want them to know about your ministry? I think I think the biggest thing that I would want people to to really to know and also to also believe in themselves <laughs> and really be on board with is yeah. that um, our ministry is not big and flashy. Like, like we do for sure. We have, we have big training events and we, you know, big camps and things like that, but really that's like a blip on the radar that the vast majority of our ministry is it's slow. It's in our living room. It's over coffee and hot chocolate and a bag of chips and some cookies. And like, it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's way more about relationships and, and seeing the really, the deep long-term fruit of that versus, you know, something, something kind of quick and emotional. And like, again, we've all, we've all been there and had those experiences and those are really good. And those can be really great catalysts. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but really the heart of our ministry is slow and steady and, and yeah, and that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Praying, praying for us and, and, and giving, giving to what God's doing through us is giving is praying and giving to a couple specific people that we'd love to tell you about. And when if we ever talk to us about them, we've got yeah. people, we've got pictures, we, and it's, but it's individuals that we spend lots of time with one kid and then he starts passing on to the next kid. And eventually that kid also starts passing on and it's, yeah. And eventually it becomes something huge, but it starts out really slow and really small and really deep and really good. Yeah. In those one-on-one relationships. Exactly. For, sure. for sure. And I definitely have just heard a theme throughout our podcast of like multiplication. Mm-hmm. Um, just the multiplication of discipleship that's happening in your ministry from um, young adults pouring into college age students, into high school students, into middle school students. And, um, and then the multiplication of your youth group. And this is you guys aren't trying to do anything fancy to multiply and grow and be big or flashy, but you've seen that long-term fruit of multiplication by just investing in a few relationships that you've seen transform other relationships. That's really awesome. What a blessing you guys can see that in four years also. Come on, that's not that long of a time. It's no, been pretty cool. It's it's really cool. There, there are many days where... <laughs> I look at our life and I'm like, what am I doing? Like <laughs> I had this coaching call. I worked on my Polish. I'm going to go have coffee with this student. Like, is the, like, is this my life? And then I look at the last six months. I'm like, wow, actually, yeah, it is. And also this is the growth that I've seen in that kid. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the most, most of my, I think maybe all but two of the girls that I meet with regularly, um, I meet with in Polish. And so, so even just that, like the fact that I, like my small group that meets on Wednesdays, we do it 100% in Polish. Like it's just significant. Like, yeah, it, so it does. It feels like sometimes I get discouraged by the slowness. And then again, I go back to Jesus and I'm like, no, this is it. This is good. And, and for sure to be able to see the fruit of that, uh, is just incredible. And it's really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't wait to chat with you guys in like 10 years. I mean, I would love to have the privilege <laughs> of talking with you in 10 years and just being like, so what have you seen happen in, you know, 10 or 15 years of ministry? Because it's, that's really encouraging to hear what you guys have been able to be a part of and witness, you know, as God's work and just a short time. Yeah. I just want to say, I am really thankful for Faith Church. Uh, faith is not my home church strictly. Uh, I didn't grow up there, but Faith has been a home for me for the past many years, even while we've been here. Um, you know, listening to sermons and stuff like that, but also being connected to people and feeling really cared for every time we come back. And even you guys doing this is huge. And so I just wanted to say thanks for um, for your heart for the movement of God across the globe and also specifically for us. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't know us and this is the first time you've heard of us, I am really thankful for the ways that you have contributed to the ministry here in Poland. Yeah. It is it is really, really significant. And I and I will even just if I can jump onto that and tack on that um I think often growing up at faith and being there 
really my whole life with the exception of college. Um, even I remember I came back over Christmas break my freshman year and was like, oh, I just really miss Tom Macy's like good biblical teaching. Like it just, I miss that. <laughs> um, but I think, I think growing up at faith, I like, I think I take it for granted the, or I, I try not to, but sometimes I can just <laughs> the, the, the heart and the love and the support that the faith community has for, for missions and for missionaries. Um, and for sure it is, it is an honor to be on the receiving end of that from you guys, because it is really significant. Um, and it's really encouraging. Yep. So we love you guys. Lots and lots. <laughs>